0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I am your host, Annie F. Downs, and I love giving you a Monday episode, especially one today that feels really, really important. So I want to tell you a story real quick. A couple of months ago, our friend Eddie Kaufholz, who runs the New Activist podcast, asked me to be on his show And he asked me to tell him what nonprofit I wanted to talk about and where I was an activist in the world. And I kind of laughed and I was like, I'm just, I'm not like I give to my church. I give to friends who are doing mission work, but but like I'm not an activist like a lot of other people are. And he said, well, what do you care about? And I told him that there is this one people group that I have loved and cared about and thought about since I was in middle school and it's the people who live in Appalachia and that region, that group of people, that culture stretches across 13 states. And so I said to Eddie, if you will just find a way for me to help the people of Appalachia, I, that's what I want to do like that's that would be like exactly how I want to spend my life and I've said it to my team multiple times over the years like, Hey, let's figure this out. And Eddie went and found Christian Appalachian Project. And on The New Activist, I got to interview the president, Guy Adams, on that episode. And it's amazing. And it it really, I'm not kidding y'all, it totally changed my life. So a few weeks ago, my manager and friend Lee and I got to go to Kentucky and got to see firsthand what Christian Appalachian Project does for the people in that region. And y'all, it totally Blew my mind. It just blew my mind. I was so moved by them and by what they do and by how they care for people. So I knew I wanted to do something and I wanted us to get to do something together. And just so you know, this is going to happen over and over again for as long into the future as I can see is that I want us to partner together in really little ways to make a really big difference. For our neighbors, for our literal neighbors, for the people that live in the states connected to us, for people that live in my state, there's a way we can step in and help them in Christian Appalachian Project is doing that. So Dolly Parton has this thing in Tennessee called Imagination Library. Do you know it? It's unbelievable. Pretty much every child in Tennessee that is born in Tennessee can register for this. And what it means is that they get a picture book mailed to them with their address, their name and address on it. Mailed to their house once a month for the first five years of their life. Now, I always thought that was free because it's free here in Nashville and the books are always free to the kids, but the cost is underwritten by a sponsoring agency or by a group of friends that listen to a podcast. So here's the thing right now, in three of the counties in Kentucky that CAP serves, Rockcastle, Jackson, and McCreary. Parents can sign their kids up, but they can't take advantage of the program because there is no sponsoring agency that exists to pick up the cost. And so CAP wants to be that, and they want to make a way for all their preschoolers to take advantage of this program. So what they're going to do... Okay, you guys are going to love this. What they're going to do is they're going to partner with the local libraries in Rocks, Castle, Jackson, and McCreary, so that not only did their preschoolers get a book mailed to them once a month for their first five years of their lives, but also other kids in the community get this as well, get access to these books as well. It just can make me cry. Can you imagine that we, so you and me, our friends, it costs $13,000. So that's a lot of money. Hear me. That's a lot of money. But If everybody who listens to this podcast gave a dollar, we would blow by that. Like literally, we'd blow by that. And I'm going to give way more than a dollar. So I'm not like asking you to give money. I am giving money here too. We are going to raise $13,000 together. Can you imagine if we raise $13,000, we give access to a ton of families to the gift of reading and books, which you know, as a former elementary school teacher, that super matters to me, the idea that that we are getting to bring literacy into homes that may not have it. When you listen to Dolly Parton talk about Imagination Library, one of the reasons she started it is that she was raised in an Appalachian community in Sevierville, Tennessee, and her dad could not read or write. And so now she is making a way for just so many kids to have access to books and literacy. As you know, in your life, and as I know in my life, being able to read changes everything. One of the weirdest things about being in China was I couldn't make out any of the signs. Like I couldn't figure out what anything said because they use characters I don't know. And I felt hopeless the whole time if I wouldn't have had my cousin with me helping me be able to read things or reading things for me, I would have gotten lost constantly. And it made me think so much about people in our own country who feel that way about our alphabet and who can't read our language. And so... We get to partner together with Cap. If you want to, I would love if you would do this with me. If we would just group together, just go to Christian app.org slash Annie F Downs. And you can give there. You can either become a monthly donor or you can give one time. But really, even if you just have $5 this month, would you please consider Can you imagine you give $5 less than the cost of one book and you are part of making a way for hundreds, maybe thousands of kids to get a book every month for the first five years of their lives in an area where the parents aren't able to go into a bookstore and buy a book once a month for the first 5 years of their lives. So, it's just awesome. When I went to go visit Cap, I went to a place called Camp AJ that is a summer camp for these same kids and one of the directors of the camp is named Mike and he's just like one of us. He's just like one of our friends. He would totally be someone y'all would hang out with, someone I would hang out with. And so, his camp name is Gonzo. And so I asked him if he would come on the show. He does a lot of work. Not only does he run the summer camp in the summer, but he also is in the schools during the school year. I think you're just going to fall in love with this dude and be so impressed by how he spends his life for the people of Appalachia, for the kids of Appalachia. It's just so beautiful. So Mike is on the show today. I wanted you to hear from someone on the front lines working with CAP, what it's like to work with CAP and how these books could actually make a difference, which I really think they will. So while you're listening, go ahead and head to christianapp.org slash Annie F Downs and just drop a couple of bucks. Let's just see what we can do. Let's just get them $13,000, y'all. I mean, really, that is not hard for us, right? It's not hard for us. It's hard for me and it's hard for you, but all of us, I mean, maybe it's not hard for you, but for all of us together to find $13,000, we can do that. I totally think we can do that. So, sorry, I'm excited. You know me. Here is my conversation with Gonzo. What do you want me to call you, Mike? Or do you want me to call you Gonzo? Or can we It's expl-
1: probably better to call me Mike, I would imagine.
0: Okay, yeah, make sure. I, I mean, I'm kind of happy either way, but you're probably right. Um, but okay, will you explain why everyone else calls you Gonzo.
1: Yeah. So, um, at the camp here, we decided a couple of years ago to switch everybody to have, like, quote, camp names um, because we were having a lot of problems with kids, like, hunting down counselors on social media. Uh, Oh,
0: my gosh. Afterwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, we want them to be connected, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's a little iffy for them, and they have their own private lives, too. Uh, So, uh, I was hoping that someone would give me a camp name, and everybody was kind of, like, quiet for a really long time. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, our camp cook miss connie said i think you you seem like a gonzo and i was like oh that's awesome like gonzo is my favorite muppet uh really yeah, oh yeah because he's like goofy and silly and weird yeah uh and I, I like you know like to be that way especially at camp uh and so i was like okay that'll be my name and then later i googled like what does gonzo actually mean uh it's italian uh, it's like italian slang and it means a great fool and uh really, I was really yeah uh So, I I like that.
0: You're like, yeah, that's me. I'm in. Let's do (laughs) it. I love it. Okay. Well, so you know, you know my story that I'm new to CAP and I'm just a a massive fan. And what we're kind of kicking off today is doing a fundraiser to make Imagination Library available to a bunch of kids. And so after we came and visited a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to have Mike on the show. Like he's such a trip. He, we, it's like literally we'd be friends in real life. No question. And so I'm just going to ask you some questions about cap from your point of view and your experience there. Just because I think people, people heard guy and heard him, my interview with him on new activists, but I loved your perspective too. So will you kind of tell people how you even got involved in cap in the first place?
1: So cap, uh, runs an alternative spring break for college students. Um, where colleges can sign up to bring, uh, students down during their school spring break, um, to do, uh, home repair, like in a large group, they call it work fest. Uh, it's been going for almost 30 years. That's um, crazy. I know. Um, and it just so happens that my, uh, advisor when I was in college had been coming down every year since it started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, he was like, you should go on this trip. It'd be really, really cool. Um, And so I was like, okay. So that was way back in 2006. I came over my spring break um, and actually stayed here at Camp AJ where I now work. And it was just like this life altering experience. Uh, I I tried to explain to someone recently and they were like, that sounds like that John Denver song. Uh, It was really (laughs) much like coming home to a place I'd never been before.
0: Really? That's how it felt?
1: Yeah. Like I felt like at home in a way that I almost didn't even feel at home, you know, my actual where I grew up.
0: Like, what were you saying to God when that was happening?
1: Oh, man. It was, I like, we had to do a journal because um, we took like a class and learned about like the history of Appalachia and the spirituality uh, of Appalachia. Yeah. And I remember writing in my journal, I was like, I feel like this is a piece of my life puzzle that I didn't even know, like was there. And I drew a little puzzle piece and wrote Appalachia.
0: No way.
1: Yeah. And That's uh, rad. I still have it somewhere. I'm not really yeah. good at keeping up with things. But,
0: <laughs> Well, that's good. At least you know it in your head. So you're good. Right. So from then on, did you, I mean, you went back to college because you had to finish, I assume.
1: Yeah. So I guess uh, I worked at a day camp when I was growing up just because it was like right behind my house and my parents wanted me to get a summer job. And so uh, I quit that summer camp to come back here that summer in in 2006 uh, and came back here as a counselor. Um, And it was, you know, uh, a very eye-opening experience. It was long, long, long hours. I mean, we work, you know, 7:45 a.m. until 11 at night. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit better now. We've kind of changed some things, but back then you're
0: like, was, "You guys, I'm the boss now. It's going to be different."
1: Yeah, I know how hard it is. Let's make it a little bit easier. For
0: yeah, me. yeah, yeah. That's right.
1: But uh, you know, that first summer was really, really difficult uh, for me personally. Um, just as far as seeing some of the kids that we worked with. Um, yeah.
0: Can you talk about that? Tell a little bit about what what you mean by that? Oh
1: gosh. Um, so the hardest one that uh, that I had my first summer. Probably the reason that I started coming back. Um, he was a, he was a kid who had a lot of anger issues, um, and the other kids in his group recognized that, and so they thought it was fun to like poke the bear when no one was watching, and then watch him blow up and get in trouble. Um, it was awful, and I saw it happen, and uh, I like you know sat the other boys down. I was like, hey, you need to stop doing this. And then that night, I talked to the counselors in my group, and I was like, hey, we really need to be careful and watch the other kids, because when he's blowing up, it's because they're, they're picking on him. Uh, and then the very next day, uh, the same thing happened as he was walking in you know, uh, to one of our buildings. Kids you know, bugged him, and he turned around and screamed in their face. And a counselor like, reached out to like, break him up, and he turned around and kicked the counselor in the leg and like, took off running away from camp. And I, I like booked it after him. I was like, no, I'm fine. I got this. Uh, You know, I kind of felt like this connection with him because of, you know, his difficulty. Uh, And I finally got him to stop running away. And we sat down and he stomped around, you know, cursed at God and the camp and the person in charge and all this kind of stuff about how angry he was. Uh, And I just kind of listened to him for a long time. And eventually he settled down and we started talking. And, uh, you know, I was talking about my experience summer camp and being mad at things and, and that I really wanted him to stay. Uh, and he said, finally, after probably two hours, I remember the stars being out looking at the sky uh, and, you know, just praying, like, I, I want to get through to this kid because if not, he's just going to go home and, because of his behavior. And I don't want that to happen. Uh, and he said, You want to know why I get so mad all the time? And I said, Yeah, I'd love to know that. And he said, Well, um, I get mad and so I'm on medication that makes me not angry and that makes me not hungry so I don't eat when I'm at camp and I get in trouble because I'm smaller than the other kids and my dad wants me to play football and I get yelled at when I don't get bigger but I'm not hungry because I have to take this medication that make, and, and so I get angry. Oh my gosh, I it's just like medication. a cycle. Yeah. And he's like, I've come to this camp for three years. And I go home every Tuesday because I never get to eat because I take my medication and I don't eat. And then I can't have anything at night. And I just get in a fight so I can go home and eat. And I was like, dude, I'll just go make you like a peanut butter sandwich right? if you want one. And he was like, yeah, whatever. So we went into the cafeteria and he sat down. His body language looked like a, like a gorilla, you know, arms out and angry face. And I went and made him the peanut butter and jelly and a cup of water. I sat down with him and he started eating uh real angry and then literally five bites in he was just like chewing calmly looking around you know drank his water uh and he finished his food and he was like thanks i'll go to bed now and just like walked out went to sleep and had we had no problems with him the rest of the week Um, yeah and it was just like this moment of like wow all it took was waiting long enough for that kid to be able to speak yeah you know yeah getting through all of that other crazy stuff, and just me and him had a little peanut butter sandwich date every night the rest of the week, really, um, yeah. And he was great. Uh, and the other kids bothered him during the day, it didn't matter as much because he wasn't hungry, and so that kind of has stuck with me.
0: One of the things I was amazed at when I was at Camp AJ with you guys a couple weeks ago was all the kids, uh, you talked that part about how all the kids can only bring certain stuff to camp so that their socioeconomic status is not like a big deal.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All the kids
0: look the same to me, even though I knew that some of them were, some of their parents couldn't even afford the $20 for a week of camp and some of them could.
1: Yeah. And some of them even donate. I mean, we get a hundred dollars from a couple of families every year because they, they have the means to be able to donate extra. Um, But, you know, for us, uh, it's really important about when they're here at camp that nothing outside of this place um, matters. Um, Because when we can kind of set that situation up for them, we can be here at camp to be able to build a world for them that is possible, not the world that they live in. And so a world that maybe they're on the same level with everybody else socioeconomically, but also a lot of our kids struggle in school and they excel at camp because, You know, if you have ADHD and you're fidgeting around a lot at school, you get yelled at a lot, you get bad grades. Here, ADHD means you're the first one picked for basketball or you're, you know, you're the one that if we're doing a relay race, kids are like, you should be the runner because we can count on you. Because of all that, we ask kids only to bring play clothes and we specify they're going to get dirty and wet. So only bring play clothes and, uh, uh, you know, like a towel and a swimsuit.
0: Yeah. Um, And that's it.
1: And that's it. Yeah, we provide all the food. There's no like camp store here because that would be another situation to set them up for inequality that some kids' parents could afford the camp store and some could not. Um, And even the kids, we have some that show up sometimes and they're like, oh, you know, my I didn't have any clean underwear. So I'm just going to wear this pair the whole week Um, that we partner with other programs in CAP. So CAP is way bigger than just camp um, with our clothing store and also family advocacy which is like an emergency assistance they like collect and give us clothes we have a fully stock shed full of stuff um some of it's really really nice and we're able to supply those kids with that so that they don't have to worry about
0: what do you know like can you tell some stories or just tell some even stats or just what you've observed of like what are a lot of these kids home lives like the ones who can't afford it like how different is it than what we understand
1: I think the, the big thing that I've noticed recently in, in our community is the kids' home life is they're home alone a lot or they're with other family. They're not, like, with their parents necessarily Yeah. for a lot of reasons. Some of them, their parents are working really, really hard to provide for their family, but there aren't, like, great jobs around here. So many of them are working two jobs and not home a lot to be with their kids or their job is, you know, in Lexington or Indiana, you know, and they're gone for weeks at a time. Or Really? Yeah. Um, some of it is parents are providing for their kids. Some of it is that they're living with their grandparents or foster care because their parents have kind of succumbed to the drug, drug e- epidemic that we have here um, in eastern Kentucky right now. Uh, it's really rough. Uh, I would say about a quarter to a third of our kids aren't living with their biological parents for whatever reason.
0: And I think it's really interesting. One thing you said that we didn't push into earlier is you're like here in East Tennessee, because when you moved back, like you and your wife and like, this is your home now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We live here.
0: Yeah. These are like your neighbors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In that, um, you know, I I was thinking just to tell a little story the other day, I was scrolling through my Facebook feed because I guess I had nothing better to do. And uh, (laughs) one of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook had commented just to put out to everybody like hey i've heard through the grapevine that there's a bad batch of meth out in the county please if you're going to do it don't do it tonight because it might mean that you're going to you're going to end up in the hospital and like i think that's the reality is that many of our kids come from homes that their parents are trying and they're working hard and they're very similar to people who aren't uh, you know living in eastern kentucky but i think the the magnitude of the problems around them and the number of the problems that are around them are so much bigger here yeah, than in other places.
0: Yeah. You know? Gosh, that's crazy. But the beautiful thing about what CAP is doing with camp is the kids get away for a week.
1: Oh, yeah. They're here. And, you know, the uh, the hardest thing that they have to do is get up in the morning. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we run them ragged. I mean, they're, they're out doing stuff all day, uh, all day long. You know, they swim. Uh, at least twice a day, most days, take them on hikes in the woods, which many of them have never been out in, you know, the forests around here because of their you know home situation. They don't have anybody to like take them or show them. And uh, so they're they're up and they're busy a lot more than they normally would be at home. Uh, and so they don't like getting up first thing in the morning.
0: <laughs> What's first thing? Like how early do y'all wake them up?
1: Oh, 830? It's not oh, early. That is not
0: that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I bet they stay up talking and being like I did when I went to camp.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like bedtime is nine 30 lights out at 10. You know, most of them are, you know, by Wednesday they're asleep. Yeah. At lights out because they're tired. Yeah. 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 But,
0: that's right. So during the summer, you are the director of the camp.
1: Yeah. Um, cap, I'm, my title is camp coordinator, but okay. that's like the camp camp director.
0: Right. And so then what do you do the rest of the year?
1: Yeah. So the rest of the year we, um, we work to be really, uh, kind of, um, Integrated into our community uh, here in, around camp. So, myself and there's another uh, full time employee here uh, whose job is a community educator. Um, and we go and work with the local elementary schools to provide services that are kind of in line with what we try to teach kids at camp. Um, it's called practical living. In the state of Kentucky, it has to be taught in schools, and it's things like, you know, hygiene smart money budgeting, anti-bullying classes. Um,
0: And they let y'all come in and do that.
1: Yeah. So actually, it's a really great partnership because it's mandated by the state that it be taught. um, But uh, the teachers have to do that as well as teach reading and math and science and all the other, you know.
0: So much on them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we get to have FaceTime with our kids. We take that like weight off of the teachers. We write all of the curriculum that meets the state standards. And so we go in and take just an hour of their time, you know, one day a week to teach the kids. But that takes off the teachers back, you know, all that lesson planning time. They don't have to do all the grading that they don't have to do, all the prep that they don't have to do for that. They just take pictures of us teaching and say, hey, we partnered with this organization. and It looks really good when it comes for review time uh, for the schools. And then we get to be able to teach kids things like that. We would hope that they would learn here at camp, like, you know, being respectful of each other um, and uh, responsibility, things like that.
0: We talked about this when I was at camp with you, but I mean, you're literally seeing the same kids year round because you're spending all the time with them at school and helping them with their school. And then you're going, Hey, by the way, tell your parents this summer, we have a camp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then y'all
0: get to take care of them for a week and talk to them about Jesus.
1: Yeah. It's so great to be able to, you know, that, that's kind of the trade-off is when they come here that we can talk about Jesus, you know, in the public schools, you can't really do that. So I think that kind of goes with CAP's mission. The last part of our, our mission statement is sharing Christ's love through service mm-hmm. in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really uh, the way that we can do that is that we can be the example and be the light during the school year to these kids. Like they get so excited when, Come into their classroom. Do they? Yeah. Oh, they love it because, like, we try to make it camp at school without making the teachers mad at us. You right. know, so like, <laughs> we don't want to like have them run around crazy and then be like, "See ya, good luck." Right. Uh, but you know, we go in there and we we try to have a, a game or an activity that gets them out of their seats at every class. Yeah. Um, but that kind of relates back to the topic that we're teaching for the day, and, and to be that positive moment in their day, that kind of breath of fresh air, where you know, it's just kind of stuff that's. Common sense, or maybe that their families teach them at home. They don't get tested on it, um, so it's a chance for them to just kind of have fun and learn something through through what we're doing.
0: You're gonna have to brag because I just don't know the stats, or I would totally brag for you. So you're gonna have to do it. But talk about the math scores and how they've changed.
1: Yeah, so that's the other part of what we do in the school is when we're not teaching that curriculum that we write, uh, we work in classrooms where you needed. and
0: Emily, right? You and the other, yeah, camp- yeah, me and
1: Emily, and then any volunteers that we have. Um, we have three uh, possible full. Uh, year-long volunteers that can come and, and give their time. So we go into the the schools mostly in math right now because there's no extra help in math in, in this county. So we go in and the teachers will put us with two or three kids to help them get their math scores up uh, with that kind of one-on-one attention that they don't necessarily get uh, in the and class. And is
0: that after school or do you go in during the day?
1: Both. Uh, so we go in during the day during the math classes and sit with them and then At the end of the day, there's kind of like a free period for everybody. You know, it's gym for some kids and, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, extra help in certain subjects for others. Uh, so during that period we run, uh, what we call a math club at two schools currently. We're hoping if we have enough people to expand, but they'll send us five or six kids who are doing okay, but they have the potential to do better if they had someone to work with. them. And so we have, uh, the, uh, the privilege and the blessing to be able to do that for them that when uh, they get sent to us and we just the same thing we do like games that's reinforcing the concepts that they're supposed to be learning we've been doing it for two years the first year that we did it uh we had i don't know 25 kids across three different grade levels and the very next year we had 30 kids and none of them were the same because every single kid that was in our math club uh had uh, raised their math scores enough to be like achieving Um, to be proficient in math and so I think you know our schools are stretched so thin uh, with people that our ability to just be there for our neighbors for our teachers for the parents for those kids just being there you know we we play let's like math bingo do this you know subtraction problem and then you know if you have that answer on your card you know you you get a a piece to cover your bingo card yeah Something simple as that,
0: and so often it's just time, right? It's just someone, yeah. Because I would imagine the two schools I taught in, one of them was uh, in a lower income area, and there is just not enough adults. <laughs> There's just purely not enough adults to do all the things that the children need.
1: Absolutely, one of the one of our elementary schools currently has four uh, kindergarten classrooms, and they have uh, thirty kids in each classroom because that's oh, the state my maximum. Gosh. And they have one teacher. Like, with kindergartners, <laughs> you're going to spend your whole day with that many kids just trying to get them to be quiet, right. let alone actually be able to teach them anything. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's, it's money, it's people. It, you know, it's, it's a willingness to say, this is my community and I want my community to be, to be better. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where CAP excels, is that we're part of this community. And it's like, you know, it's I'm blessed to, like, have a job where my job is to help better my community.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing because everyone I met lives there. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah, and are just really invested and, and have long-term, I mean, you've been there 10 years now? How long?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've lived here full-time for seven, but I've been involved with the organization for 12 or 13. I
0: mean, that's crazy. Can you, like, think back to your, like, freshman year of college. Oh, geez. Tell yourself <laughs> you're going to end up moving to like the haulers in Kentucky.
1: Oh, no, no, there's no, I, I'd never even been down here before. You know, like I grew up in Cincinnati, which is just across the river from the state of Kentucky, but I had never even like traveled to Kentucky very much, really? you know, maybe 10 miles in. And so, no, they, I would not have believed that yeah. for a minute. Yeah. Not for a minute.
0: It's crazy. Okay. So tell me about your favorite student that you've met. Can you do that? <laughs> do you have one?
1: Oh man. No, I don't. Cause like I've been doing this for so long. It's like, ask me who my favorite camper is. I right. could tell you about my like hundred favorite campers yeah. because there are so many cool kids. Okay. So who oh, have you seen
0: gosh. change the most or seen their family change the most?
1: Well, um, I guess it, not really from the school standpoint, this one, she's a currently a counselor at our camp.
0: Yeah. Cause a ton of kids that you were telling me about, like come as campers and then come as counselors for years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, We're actually really working on growing that particular part of our program. Um, So uh, we have junior counselors who are like 16, 17 year olds. And this year we had 28 kids who had come up through the ranks at summer camp and wanted to come and volunteer and give back. And um, we had uh, six counselors who were former campers here at this camp. Uh, One of them in particular, she she came here as a camper for maybe five years. Um, She was uh, a foster kid uh, and then was adopted by her foster family and went through as a camper um, and then as a junior counselor and now as a counselor. And like, it's been so rewarding for me to be able to be here long-term rather than some of our counselors just come for a summer or two, to kind of watch her grow into who she is now uh, and how rewarding kind of that feels for me. And it's a really weird thing. I told her uh, earlier this summer, I was like, I'm really proud of you. And she was like, that's weird. I like, but I am <laughs> because I've known her since she was 11, you know? Yeah. So she was very quiet and shy as a younger kid. um, And she has really worked hard to become the person that she is today. Uh, And I think camp kind of gave her that. I asked her like why she wanted to come to camp. And she said, camp's the only place in my life growing up where I didn't have to be anyone but the person that God made me. And I was like, wow, you know, there were no expectations here. The only expectation was be you. Do what makes you happy and proud contribute of yourself to the camp community and now she's starting her sophomore year at at college a local college here Uh, she's the first person in her biological family and her adoptive family to go to college
0: no way
1: yeah yeah
0: and she's at the like local community college so she's still like right there
1: it's a local state college yeah she's she's, a and like she's worked hard to that and she attributes a lot of that to camp because she was here as a camper every year And then our leadership program for the uh, 15 to 17 year olds, they come to camp multiple times, even in the off season to do some like leadership training and help to build them into like, you know, the potential to grow into uh, a leader later in life. Yeah. And so like she still, she messages uh, Emily, my coworker all the time, just asking her like, I don't understand math. Emily has a (laughs) uh, degree in mathematics. So Emily's like, all right, let's explain this. Yeah.
0: She's like, I didn't know I'd be tutoring college students, but here we go.
1: Right. And it's because like, you know, everybody that comes here is a participant. You know, Cap doesn't call the people that we work with clients or anything like they're participants. They give back. And so they become our friends. They become our neighbors. They they are welcomed into this big part of the community, you know. She comes and gives of herself during the summer with our campers. And in turn, we, like, hang out with her in the off season, yeah. you know, and, and you know, help her with math or give her a ride back to school when her, you know, her parents can't take her. So,
0: Man, that's incredible. You, I mean, I feel like you've been at camp long enough and you've been in these students' lives long enough. Do you see how it's changing even the school system and changing the community overall?
1: Yeah, I it's kind of hard for me to, to look at that because there's just so it's so big and hard to move you know a, a, an entire community like this but I would say at least when the, in the schools like when they need something we're the people that they call first because they know we're going to be here we had a big government grant in our local area uh, right when I got hired at camp um, brought a lot of money and a lot of jobs to the area but it was time limited you know it was five years and then some of the stuff that they started has continued, but it's continued because of local involvement. But those people and that money, that's gone. But CAP is here, and we are here, and we're going to be here because this is us. You know, It's not some outside group coming in to try to tell you know the people that are here what's wrong with them and how they need to change. Whenever we go into a new school or a new classroom, the first thing we say is, what do you need from us? And then we do that thing. And then try to say like, hey, you know, we could do these other things too if you need yeah. if you need that, and we can you know refer them to our other programs that CAP runs. You know, if there's a they know a family that uh, is struggling to get like uh, heat for their home in the winter time, CAP works to help provide money for that, uh, as well as like home upgrades for their housing um, so that they don't have to spend as much money uh, on electricity. It's it's very much. Everybody in it all together.
0: Do you see yourself being like the long-term camp guy? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, because I'm not kidding. When you were there, when we were there, I was like, this guy like loves camp, like really yeah. loves camp.
1: Well, and I love this camp, you know, like I love summer camp, but this camp to me matters so much because there's tons of summer camps all over the United States. There's even other camps around here, but you know, our families, even the ones who are like doing okay, can't afford four hundred dollars a week. To send their kid, you know, one kid, let alone maybe three,
0: right? And and literally, though, there are families who can't pay the twenty dollars that it costs for a week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've even had them uh, kids that like didn't show up during the drop off time. I can't think of two this summer; they didn't show up during our like drop off time. So we called them, and their grandma said, "Well, they're packed, but I I can't pay the money, so I can't bring them." And the how incredible it is to be able to say like. That's fine. Just show up, you know. That wouldn't happen at any other camp, you know. Yeah. To say just come, we want the kids to be here.
0: Yeah, they. Um, when we were there, you know, my friend and manager Lee was with me, and when we got in the car, she said, "I just want Gonzo to have my phone number. Any time <laughs> a kid says they can't come for twenty dollars, I want to just Venmo and pay for that kid to go to camp." I was like, "I bet he'll let you do that."
1: <laughs> Absolutely, um, <and> sure. <laughs> Hundred
0: percent. I was like, I bet that would be just fine. But it is that like in so many of our lives, this is bratty a little bit, but in so many of our lives, $20 doesn't go that far. Yeah. You know, like I bought breakfast and lunch today for $20 and brought it to my office. And so for the idea that there's a family and a kid who wants fun and a break and some time away and just to have and to eat right and to have a hot shower every day for $20 is just...
1: Insane. Yeah. Well, and you know, the twenty dollars is more about the family being able to contribute. Contribute.
0: Yeah. 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 And
1: about their dignity—that yeah. they're. The, I am paying for this. You know, it costs us significantly more for kids. Right. Kid right than that. Right. But to say, like, I'm gonna, uh, you know, proud to send my kid to this camp and and to pay for it. You know, that they wouldn't be able to do that even at the next cheapest camp is 180 bucks a week, and so to be able to have that that ability to just say yes with no worries. You know, even if. Yeah, I probably will get in trouble for this later. But okay. even if every, if every kid couldn't afford to pay, we would still be full. Sure. You know, yes. because yeah. that's just the type of organization that we are.
0: Yeah, that's right. So one of my plans in my heart, Mike, is to we'll loop back around next spring and make sure everybody who wants to go to camp gets to go to camp. I think my friends and I would love to be a part of that for sure, because I have great camp memories, too. But And what, we're, what we want to help kick off for the school year is Imagination Library. Do you know a lot about Imagination Library?
1: I do, actually. I, I've uh, read about it many times and tried to get my kids signed up for it. But yeah. where we, where the county that we currently live in doesn't have a sponsor. But yeah, it's really awesome. Kids get a book in the mail with their name on it every month for a year. Or however long. I
0: think it's like the first five years. Oh, it's as long as the program runs.
1: I don't really know how it is. Yeah,
0: here in Nashville, it's the first five years of their life.
1: Wow. They get a book
0: every month with their name on it. To me, as a former elementary school teacher and a person who writes books and loves to read, it seems like a huge deal for some of these families, based on the families you've told us about and the things we saw when we were there, to receive literature like that. Once a month.
1: Absolutely. You know, and I like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, other than yours. Which
0: I'm, one's your favorite?
1: I'm going to refer to Freakonomics.
0: Oh, too bad. It was supposed to be mine, but keep going.
1: Oh, so, <laughs> no, I didn't say it was my favorite. That's the one I'm referring to. Okay, right? okay,
0: got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did a, a story about how just having books in the home is a massive contributor to kids' future success. Whether or not the parents really? read to them, nothing. Just having books in the home is a huge contributor to kids' future success academically, but also uh, in life, in job, you know, jobs later on, just having them there. And I know, uh, at least in our county, I don't want to be incorrect, so it's either about half or more than half of the kids who enter kindergarten um, are not ready for kindergarten. Really? Because, yeah, because they don't have the kind of enrichment that they need at home. Uh, and so something like this program would be like putting the books in their hands it would be that much of a bigger step uh, for them heading towards. You know,
0: yeah. Cause see what I always thought it, here in Nashville is I thought the program was free. And so I was like, Oh, I, well, everybody should have imagination library, but apparently, well, clearly it's not free, but what we're trying to do is raise about $13,000 to make y- I think it's your County. I probably should.
1: Practice. I think it's our, our three counties. So cap has three primary counties that we serve.
0: Oh, and we can get all of them with $13,000? Uh,
1: Let me double check, but <laughs> I'm pretty
0: sure. Well, I'm that's the goal is that we sure. want to make, a, like I want me and my friends, my listening friends, to make a way for all those kids to get books once a month. And it's every kid who's born and the parent registers at the hospital, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that's how that works. Um, th- There may be another way to sign up for that. Uh, yeah, once, you know, after once, yeah,
0: after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's super rad. I think that seems like a especially as a former teacher. And I think about you. So, I mean, really, Mike, you are such a big force for me and going like, okay, look at what this friend of mine is doing for these kids in the summer. And wait, he's in the schools year round. Okay. What do we do to partner with that? Because if we can, it, it's one of those, like, don't just give a kid a fish, you know, teach him a fish kind of thing. Like you're investing in the next generation of people that could change that culture in a positive way, not take away the culture of Appalachia, but, but help them be more economically successful.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Um, okay. Tell me what we don't know about the people that we are getting to partner with and serve every day. Now that we're, now that we're making ourselves part of cap life, (laughs) now that I'm inserting myself into your life, what is it we don't know about the students that are coming to camp and those families?
1: So, being here, and, uh, the thing that people don't know is that the community here is like, it's like a real thing in, in a way that I didn't experience growing up. Yeah. In that, you know, if you're like driving past someone's house and they're on the porch and they see you, you better stop or they're going to like be offended about it. and <laughs> really? that You didn't stop and talk to them because they yeah. care that much about how you're doing. And what's going on with your life? And if you know anything different, if if everybody's doing okay, and uh, you know, we've had people just stop by. We had someone, uh, a parent, uh, dropping off a kid, and said, "Hey, you know, could I come help clean up after camp's over? Because you know, I just retired this year and looking for something to do. Could I just you know show up and help you guys clean up after after camp? Or like uh, when I volunteered here, uh, I worked on people's homes, uh, like fixing up their homes in CAPS Home Repair Program." And like, I still have to go visit them. You know, when my son was born, I had to go visit all the people whose homes that I worked on because that we we still talk and they care about that uh, to the point where like, I would be in trouble in a way that I get in trouble with my grandma really? if I didn't take him around. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about like, why is it that way? And I think it's because that, because the, the number of people that live in their community means that they're like people world is that much smaller. Yeah. You know, like if you think about yeah. how many people you see in Nashville every day, you know, there's only 13,000 people that live in this county. And right. that's all ages. Right. So, like, when you make a connection with someone, that is such a big slice of your social life, of your, you know, the the care that you give to someone, that, that you need to be filled by that.
0: And, you, I mean, it's just amazing to think that you move there to work for this organization that is there to help the people and the people are serving you too
1: oh gosh i mean like you know it's kind of cliche around cap that we say that you get more than you give and and that's true is that you give your time to be here you give you know your work and your attention to the people that you're with and the the love and the acceptance and the gratitude is uh, so much more that you, like, you know, I, I learned very quickly that, like, oh, I can live without so much stuff, mm-hmm. you know, being here because I have the people to fill that, that, that stuff. Really?
0: It, like, changed that altogether and you? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. That, That's
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, most of the friends that I had growing up with, I'm not really close with anymore because of the things that matter to them are so different than the things that matter to me. Yeah. Because my life is filled with, with people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like a podcast every now and again.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, that's fine. We can <laughs> make kidding. this a recurring thing.
0: <laughs> Why not? I love it. That's so fun. Uh, man, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. I did want to let you know I looked it up. The oh, 13000 um, would uh, provide books for every kid in CAPS preschool programs.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. In all
1: of the counties that we have.
0: In all the counties that y'all serve every kid in the preschool program, if we raise $13,000, every kid in the preschool program starts getting books from Dolly Parton. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is, that's super cool.
1: <laughs> that's what this thing that Tina sent me says. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I, I think that's right. Okay. Um, I mean, I know it's right. Cause Tina knows everything.
1: Right. She does. Tina,
0: <laughs> Tina is the one who knows all the things. So I will trust Tina, man. That's pretty cool. How can you see that? Like as a dad, how would you see that being helpful in your family?
1: Oh my gosh, I would be able to read more than just the two books that my kid loves so much because <laughs> getting a new book every month, I get to read something different. Right. Um, but my son, he's, he's turning four in October and he's getting to the point in his life where he's realizing that like, I don't just know the stories in these books, that the words on the page mean something and that yeah. anybody can read those things. Yeah.
0: All of a sudden he's like, wait, dad's not making this
1: up. Yeah, he's the dad's not making this up. My mom's not making up the same exact story. Uh, and so like that kind of sense of wonder for him yeah. to be able to have something new and to realize like I can work to build this skill so that I can read any book that I wanted to. Yeah, Like that sense of uh, hope, but also to be able to work towards a goal like that. There's so many things that reading opens up for kids Yeah, um, and teaches them, you know, how, how to do that, that hard work is rewarding and that, you know, you can inhabit all these other worlds. I'm kind of jealous that he doesn't get to do it. I guess I could just go buy him one every month.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But I mean, so many of your neighbors can't.
1: Yeah, it's true. And
0: wouldn't, and wouldn't even know where to start. You know, I was watching it, not a full documentary, but a show about Dolly Parton. And she was saying like, one of the reasons she created Imagination Library is that her dad didn't know how to read or write. And that is nationwide, right? There, there's an an illiterate community and a literacy problem nationwide, but particularly in, in your neighborhood, particularly with your neighbors, there's this opportunity for us to step in and help kids. I mean, I just think, man, for the adults who didn't even get to finish school, these books will be coming into their homes and helping them remember their things they loved about reading.
1: Well, yeah. And like, you know, their kids are going to be saying like, read this to me, please, you know? And so it's a skill that they can practice.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Okay, so how many more weeks of camp do y'all have?
1: We're done. Last week was our last oh, week of camp. Oh, that's it.
0: It's all cleaned up. Yeah. You're done for 2018.
1: Oh, it's not clean, but <laughs> it's done.
0: <laughs> it's finished. I oh, love it. So what what happens now? You have you have this week off your vacation. That I'm so rudely interrupted.
1: Oh, hey, no, that's no problem. And I always love to talk to you.
0: First. What else do you got? What else you got coming up? When do y'all go back to school?
1: We got a cleanup camp okay. uh, where you know kind of get all that done, and then uh, so CAP, like I said, has these long term volunteers. There's a new group of them coming in, uh, not next week, but the following week. And so yeah. they're staying here to get oriented with CAP and learn about Appalachia and the programs that they're going to be. Oh, working
0: they'll in. stay at Camp AJ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they stay cool. here for a week. Okay, So
1: they're all together, all starting at the same time. And then they go out to their different communities that they'll be working in.
0: And they're there for a year. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool.
1: And then, uh, after that get started back in the school, school in our County starts August 9th that's okay. next Thursday.
0: Yeah, that's soon. That's actually, um, that's one of the reasons that we picked right now to talk to you because we're going to actually, this episode is going to come out on Monday the 13th because we wanted to get as close as we could to the start of school so that we can get this money to y'all so that Imagination Library can, um, can get in those homes at the same time as school kicks back up again.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's really, that's awesome to be able to have those kids in the school learning and then being able to go home to something like that.
0: Yeah, and just thinking about the older brothers and sisters who get to come home and read books to their siblings that'll be in the house.
1: Yeah, and be jealous that they don't get their own books. That's right, that they didn't
0: have their (laughs) name on it. That is exactly right. Right,
1: right. That is for
0: sure true. Um, hey, Mike. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm really, really grateful. I just, I'm glad to have met you. I'm glad we're friends, and I just think what you do is incredible.
1: Hey, same with you, Annie. Thank you so much for uh, for taking an interest in in the people of this community and for giving us a, a platform to be able to talk about that. Uh, really yeah, I really
0: know. It. I'm stoked about it. I think this is the rest of our lives, buddy. I think you're stuck with me for right. a real long time. <laughs> that
1: so that sounds great. So we'll just check sure in every year. Or yeah, so. that's right.
0: Um, <laughs> is there anything we didn't say that you think I should?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if it's okay with you to just kind of put out that we, we always need volunteers. You know, yeah. you can volunteer for as little as a week with CAP through, um, through our, like, uh, groups program all the way up to a year and pretty much anything in between. Yeah. Um, we really were hurting for counselors this past summer. We were only yeah. about 60, 70% to the way where we need to be fully staffed. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, you know, volunteerism doesn't seem to be like a thing that is like a, consideration mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you got to go get a job, but we couldn't serve the number of people that we do. The money is, is incredible and it helps us to do bigger and better things, but we don't have the hands on the ground to do it. It makes it really hard.
0: Yeah. We'll tag that in there. Cause I think that's super important just to say to people, we're going to we're gonna get this $13,000. I'm not worried about that. But also, maybe there are people who are looking for like a fall break experience or a spring break experience or, or you know, next summer coming, you know, everybody at school, especially if you're studying to be a teacher, te- leading at a summer camp all summer is great for your resume and for your experience.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah so well you know you're you're savvy with social media and everything we do have a social media volunteer position at camp to come oh, take pictures listen, and post videos. And that's things. what
0: i'll do with my next summer i'll just come and be the social media person at camp
1: uh, hey deal don't, <laughs> don't
0: put it past me i may show up and you would not know what to do with me buddy
1: oh so, oh oh well, i'm at least coming have, to visit i have dreams so oh you know. good
0: okay <laughs> i'm ready I told you guys, and he the coolest. I knew you would totally love him. So, hey, listen, partner with me. Come on, let's do this. Let's get this. Here's the truth, and you'll when you go see the website. Cap has never done anything like this. Like we're. We're stepping into a place that they've never had a group of friends like us come in and help. This isn't the only way we can help, right? Like in the future, I think we need to go there and we need to go on the trips and the work fest weekends and, and become monthly donors. And we, we are not just like a financial fire hose by any stretch of the imagination, but this is the first way we get to partner is by bringing literacy, bringing good kids books into the homes of our friends and our neighbors That lives so close to us. And so particularly for every preschool aged kid in Rock Castle, Jackson and McCreary counties, we are getting to make a way for them to have books. So would you partner with me? Would you partner with CAP? It'll be so fun. Let's just knock it out. Let's just get them that $13,000 so they can get moving. And then let's move on to the next way we can help them, right? So I mean, this, literally, this is our neighbors. And I want you to go read about CAP, listen to the new activist episode with me and Guy Adams. You can hear him talk about how it started, why it started. Um, Watch their videos, follow them on Instagram. They put up some really cool pictures of the summer camp and with all the kids' permission and all that stuff, but just a lot of what they're doing, it's just... Feels like maybe one of the biggest honors of my life that we get to do this, that we get to take care of our neighbors in a super tangible way. So Christianapp.org slash Annie F Downs. I will see you there. Let's make this happen. Just a couple of dollars would be super helpful. Five, ten, twenty, a hundred, whatever is easy for you. Because it's easy for you and it's easy for me. Let's give what we can and help these families get just a big stack of books for their kids in their houses. Just think about the older sibling. Okay, I got to stop. Think about the older siblings. Think about the parents reading. Think about the imaginations that are going to get sparked. Think about what happens when a Bible shows up there too. I ain't trying to Jesus juke you. I'm just saying, if you can't read a Bible, you can't know what the Bible says. If you can read a Bible, it'll change your life. So christianapp.org slash Annie F. I am so excited to do this with you guys. It's our first big thing, the month of August, 2018. Here we go. Let's do this for our friends and our neighbors. And if you want to know what sounds fun to me today, here's what sounds fun to me today, that we get to do this together, like our little tribe, our little group of friends, our little podcast, all the people, we get to do this together. And that sounds incredibly fun to me that we would partner, you and me and the rest of our friends would come together to make a way for kids to have books. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you today as well. And we will see you Thursday with Melissa Radke.